are you? And where are you going? What do you want? For the next 24 minutes, we're going to design and attain your ideal life. On the Way to Wow Show. Together, we'll find the ideal path to get you back on the track to success and happiness. On the Way to Wow Show with your host, Kevin Bemmel. Part of finding our way to wow means understanding our identity and central to that is knowing what we value, what are our ethics. Dr. Travis Smith, the author of Superhero Ethics, is going to help us figure that out. What are the purpose and mission supporting your identity? My next guest is Dr. Travis Smith, and I have my colleague Sierra here because she put me on to Dr. Smith's book, Superhero Ethics. Now, to show you what a giving man he is, the email I wrote to him after having read his books basically said, don't really know anything about superheroes, don't like comic books, but I found your book fascinating and I have to have you on my show. And lo and behold, he said yes. So, I mean, the idea, first of all, we don't think that much, I think, about ethics education. And it's really a crucial aspect of finding our way to wow. But then through the offices of superheroes, Travis is on to something here. So Travis, thank you so much for joining us on the way to WOW. I'm going to give people just a little bit of your background. I realize I didn't do that. Um, Tra Travis has a PhD from Harvard. He's a professor at Concordia University. And he's really interested in the intersection between ethics and religion and science. Oftentimes people say don't, things that don't go together at all. And he's also interested in the idea of storytelling as, as a teaching advice. And, and maybe that's how you got onto comic books. So, so Sierra, I, I, I know you were super excited to, to, uh, to meet uh, Travis. So go ahead, let's throw out the first question here. Let's, let's, uh, let's engage okay. the conversation. Yes. So Travis, um, for people who don't know, the book pairs up many superheroes. Um, and what we can take away from each of them as far as maybe inspiration or a life lesson. Um, one of my questions is, which one of the characters do you find you draw from the most as an uh, image of a hero or someone you notice you need to tap into their qualities? Well, thank you for the question, Sierra. And thank you, Kevin, for having me on the way to WOW. This is an exciting experience for me to be on your program. Um, right. So when I when I was you know deciding which superhero characters to you know, conduct an analysis of in my book, um, I I went uh, to the most popular and well known ones, the ones that had, had you know, the first so many feature films that they were uh, the focus of those stories. Uh, 
characters that people might have already known from children's cartoons on Saturday mornings. And so uh, I am someone who's read, let's say, too many comic books and could have easily, you know, uh, written a book dealing with 100 plus characters instead of the 10 I focused on. Uh, my actual personal favorite superhero is Captain Marvel, the Marvel version of Captain Marvel, who had a movie very recently. When I was growing up as a teenager, you know, uh, as, as any teenage boy might, I thought Wolverine was the coolest, and I also really liked Green Lantern. Um, and I was not a big fan of the Hulk or Batman, uh, for example. And uh, when, I, when I wrote my book, it was important to me to not just focus on my favorites, not just focus on the ones that I already felt like I had something you know, in common with, or the ones that spoke to me personally. I really wanted to approach the subject in the way that I, you know, I try to teach my students to approach works of philosophy, which is um, you know, in, a, in a generous, open-minded spirit. You know, don't just go to the ones that you already feel a, you know, a, a intuitive attraction toward. Uh, but instead, uh, you know, if, if, there's, if there's characters out there that other people love, uh, you should try to understand why other people love them. Try to figure out what it is about other, you know, models of human excellence, people's, you know, people admire, people respect, look up to, you know, if they don't speak to you, why not, you know, find out what makes them so appealing to other people. And on the flip side, I made a point of being critical of the ones that I knew I liked too much to start off with. And so as a result of example, my, my analysis of Green Lantern, I don't think I like the character so much anymore. And all the things that used to appeal to me about the character, I realize are probably flaws in me that I need to work on overcoming. Uh, and so the, uh, the, the book came out of an article in which I had compared Spider-Man and Batman. And um, I, I do have, I will confess a kind of, um, uh, feeling that there's a, there's a fair amount of Peter Parker in my own personality. I sometimes wonder which of the various sort of pop culture characters I most like. You know, I've got a, a bit of Peter Parker, a bit of uh, Kermit the Frog, a bit of Rabbit from Winnie the Pooh, a bit of Anakin Skywalker. You know, you can pick and choose from these kinds of, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm a Charlie Brown, aren't I? <laughs> uh, and so I, I, I feel like uh, ultimately the character of Spider-Man is the one that I associate most with as someone who offers me a standard of what I think is a, a good way to live in the world. So how does someone begin to plumb the depths of these characters? Right. I mean, it is the case that uh, they're often uh, not only read as, but you know, written as, you know, juvenile amusements for kids on Saturday mornings, right, with nothing more to them than, than four colors and two dimensions. Uh, but uh, there's something about these characters, especially these classic superheroes that were uh, uh, created in uh, the 50s and 60s, that it's stuck. So there must be something to them. They must, and, and not only have they stuck as part of you know, American popular culture imagination, but worldwide, right? They speak to people uh, from different cultures, totally different political regimes around the world. And uh, I do think it is the case that the, that the people who created these characters um, uh, were, were doing more than that they let on.
that they were more educated to the literary, uh, political, historical, religious traditions of Western society. You know, uh, pe people who ended up working in comic books decades ago were people who often had other aspirations as writers and artists, but they found work in comic books. Right. And so uh, they were already coming to that business educated to uh, educated higher than comic books and infused that education into the popular culture products that they were manufacturing. And plus, they're tapping into the stories that you get from the biblical tradition, the classical Greek and Roman traditions, and also from mythologies around the world. I mentioned Thor, so, you know, there's a popular culture version of Norse mythology there. They'll go to ancient Egypt sometimes in these stories, or they'll, they'll meet the gods of uh, you know, Southeast Asia. And so part of the superhero uh, storytelling is drawing upon uh, uh, aspects of, of the depths of a variety of human cultures. So for, for someone who wants to deepen, um, have a deeper understanding of, of you know, his ethical nature, where does that person start? I, 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 I mean, I, I, when, if someone asked me that question, one of the things I would say was, well, go read superhero ethics, <laughs> right? Um, because in, at its heart, and, and we talked about this before, um, at its heart, that's what the book is asking us to do. It's asking us to examine ourselves reflected against these icons of virtue in some way and, and measure how do we stack up Good or bad, and 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 then how, and and really are these you know is is any particular one supposed to be the model right f for me, right? So that that that's that's one way to approach that. Give give us if you would another way we can approach deepening our 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 ethical understanding, our our engagement with that that whole body of knowledge. I'll tell you what what worked for me when I was in my twenties. Um, first off, I'll start off, uh, you know, I teach political philosophy now, but I was actually a math science kid growing up uh, and uh, started chemical engineering to start off before I, I switched into my current field. Um, and uh, when you're a math science kid, uh, the whole education system is arrayed to help you focus on the maths and the sciences. Uh, and so I did not get much of an education in the humanistic side of things because I was really good with the numbers. Um, but I you know, got a sense when I was a teenager that I was missing something. And so I started reading for myself. So I'd finished my calculus homework and I'd grab a copy of the Iliad, way over my head at the time. Um, but then through college, I would continue with this. And to tell people, start reading, you know, uh, great works of philosophy, get out the Immanuel Kant and start with the critique of pure reason, that's just not good advice. Right? I mean, it's an important book, you should read it, but that's not where you start. Right. Uh, and then um, uh, the same with, you know, read the Bible a, or, or the religious you know, great texts of the great religious traditions in general. Also, for a lot of people, off putting an advice that isn't going to take unless they've already been educated to take it seriously. Um, I tend to find, you know, students that are raised to any religious tradition where they take text seriously 
have a real advantage over students today that don't have that education in their childhood. Doesn't matter from where in the world or what text. If you're raised to take text seriously, you've got an advantage over students that only know how to tweet and, and how to Instagram. Uh, and, and so reading is important. And so what I say is instead of starting with the great works of philosophy, instead of starting with uh, the, the, the books of revelation, just find classic works of literature, right? Um, and, you know, to do better than just all the TV streaming that we all do these days. And, and, and whether it's, you know, as it was for me, trying out the Tolstoy and the Dostoevsky, uh, whether the kind of person who's going to find it instead in the Austin Bronte, if you're going to find it instead in, you know, the Dickens uh, or the Zola, who knows where, right? Try different things, but read the great works of literature. Take time to do that because there's nothing more humanizing than reading the great works of literature and to expose you to uh, how complex the human condition is and the various ways in which some of the best minds have thought about how we have to handle our relationships with each other as best we can under the circumstances. So that's, that's the advice I give. Great advice. I feel like a kindred spirit because I, I talk to people about great books as often as they'll listen. Now, I just worry that, you know, in, in your, you know, uh, Huxley Brave New World, all the great works of literature were locked away in a cabinet that only Mustafa Mann, the world controller, was allowed to read, right? Right. And I worry instead we're, we're, we're in a situation now where, you know, they're all there out there for free. You can download PDFs of everything or Kindle editions for one penny or whatever. And, and people just choosing not to. Right. And so nobody needs to be forbidden the great books. Uh, this not have to be made aware of their significance, importance and appeal. Absolutely. Travis, unfortunately, our time is up. But thank you so much for having this conversation with Sierra and me. A real treat. And I, I, I hope that we can uh, talk again, uh, maybe next season, and, and, and go even more into depth on, on what is, I think, a crucial subject when people are really trying to answer those, those, those two questions that we're helping them with. You know, who, um, who are you and, and, and what do you want to do? The, 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 the ethical foundations of that is, is crucial. So, Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And as I told you, I thoroughly enjoyed your book and what it's about and gave me a fun talking point with many people. And I've managed to get Kevin and others to read it. So thank you for writing that. And I hope that you have a good semester with your students. Nice to meet you, Sierra. Thanks for your questions. Glad you enjoyed the book. That's our show for this week. I want to thank my guests, Irena Pornomarkenko and Dr. Travis Smith. Remembering what Travis said, how can we get on that path to better understanding our ethics, what we really want to be at our core? Read great books. So many out there, whether it's wonderful fiction like Dickens or Austin, or great tales like the Iliad and the Odyssey, or even the deep, deep things like Kierkegaard. Pick something up and just give it a try. Stay tuned next week when my guests will be Colleen Hammond and Rabbi Mendel Schwartz. Courage at all times, my friends. Marie, you are still my bell, darling.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.